we saw miracles and we saw yeah. signs when I actually saw when, you know, people can wrangle about healing until you see, see people see healed. And then you're right. like, well, there it is. <laughs> I guess it's real. <laughs> yes. And so I remember coming back from um, Indonesia and I see my parents in the airport. I remember saying, it's totally real. Mm. That's, yes. that's all I could say. I was like, right. it's totally real. The book mm-hmm. of Acts, it's totally real. Like this stuff mm-hmm. is real. I mean, you've heard it. I've heard this. I've talked about for years, most right. of my life. But I'm there experiencing it. I'm like, it's totally real. And so I think that experience, those experiences, when you start right. compounding them right. and throw them into each other, it, um, yeah, it wrecked my life in a really good way. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Well, hey, welcome again to Passion and Purpose. Um, I'm Jimmy Seibert, and it has just been a joy already to kind of go on a journey together, meeting interesting people, finding out what God's doing in people's hearts and lives. And today I'm with my buddy Chris Delanier, and what a joy just to be uh, friends, great friends through the journey, yes. but let alone to see all that God's done over 20-something years. The, mm-hmm. I'll just say this ahead of time to anybody out there listen. There's something about longevity of friendship mm-hmm. and doing mission together that has a richness to it that you can't get any other way, yeah, right? Absolutely. It's just it's, the, it's those years together that actually forge uh, the 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 desire of God or what, what's the word the mission of God through our lives, right? And without community, you just don't get there. So, first of all, I love you, man, <laughs> and I love your family, and it's been such a interesting ride and an incredible ride. So for today, I just take us back to the ride, you know, kind of when you started as a college student. Alice, I remember is this big old football guy jumping on the front row, and I thought, he's pretty happy. Something really good must have been going on in his life. <laughs> so why were you so happy in college, and what? take us on that journey a little bit. Yeah, so um, I, you know, I came to Baylor um, my junior year. I'd gone to a few different schools. Um, before then, and I got introduced to Antioch and to really learn how to walk with Jesus my senior year of college. Okay. And it was um, a friend of a roommate. My roommate's classmate came into our apartment one day and, um, you know, meeting him, uh, his name was Wyatt Winslow, who's still yes, such Wyatt. a good friend today. Yes. Um, and just, he had this glow and authenticity about something and it was in Jesus six months ago, it just rocked Mm. his life and changed him. And so there was something about that, that really, um, it really intrigued me. You know, obviously faith and the gospel wasn't new. Right. I think what, um, what was intriguing was honestly just the what Wyatt was incarnating, what mm-hmm. he had mm-hmm. on him, um, you know, caused me to want to go on the journey. And so it started just joining a guys group and learning how to do accountability with him. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, from there, then we got involved in life group from there. So I kind of got backdoored into getting involved in church. Right. Um, you know, the guys group got me connected to um, a life group. The life group got me connected to um, Sunday morning church, and then obviously the relationships that that came out of there. So, 
um, you know, that's kind of where the. So what was what was like? Uh, I mean, like you went from like zero to a hundred, right? Yeah. Which is normal for you. Yeah, normal. For but, me. but but but. Uh, so what was it that made you go to a hundred? Like not care anymore what anybody thought. You just go for it. Uh, what was what was that abandonment about? Like what stirred you to go so radical? Yeah. So I think there was obviously there's moments that you know there's there's the little things you know that that make a difference, but there's also just significant moments that you have when it becomes real. I remember um, when I, you know, somebody taught me how to start spending time with Jesus, mm. and I'd never done that before. Mm. And so I remember uh, I'm on the road, and we're playing at the University of Colorado. Mm. Um, you needed Jesus at yeah, that time I needed to, Jesus to play that those guys, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I, would, I, I remember, like, they're talking about Jesus, and I didn't have Christian music, and somebody gave me um, an old world mandate CD, James Mark CD. Come on. And, um, and so, you know, it's, we had those old CD players and I remember sneaking out of my room early in the morning, going downstairs in the lobby, putting on my headphones and listening to 103. Wow. And bawling my eyes out. Wow. As a college football player <laughs> in the lobby of a five-star hotel. Wow. And because I'm encountering God. Yes. And um, mm. that like, Mark me. I mean, you just, you have that experience. You And because the thing that nobody can ever take away from you is your experiences with God. Mm. You mm. know, you can have all the reasons why, yeah. but it, when you have the experience with God, so yeah. I, that experience like totally marked me. Right. And then the thing that, you know, when I graduated from Baylor, I'd never been on a short-term trip. And so mm. I'm trying to figure out, I'm having this like you know, Jesus is changing my life. I'm trying to figure out what to do next. I have the opportunity to go work in Kansas City. Um, and I go on a short-term trip to Indonesia to go be with Jimmy Yost. Wow. And, you know, all that's I That's your can, first short-term trip. Short-term trip was with Jimmy Yost. Wow. That, that, that and, is a powerful first short-term trip. Yeah. And so I have no idea what to expect. I have no idea what a short-term trip is. I have no idea what, um, you know, what we're doing. And we literally lived life with 15 street kids. Um, lived in the same house. Lived they, in the same house. Literally, yeah. they just lived in our room. Right? right. They literally, like, we'd wake up, they wake up. We spent time with Jesus, they spent time with Jesus. Yeah. We went and ate, they went and ate. I mean, like, we literally just lived life with these people and then saw people. We saw miracles and we saw yeah. signs when I actually saw when, you know, people can wrangle about healing until you see, see people see healed. And then you're right. like, well, there it is. <laughs> I guess it's real. Yes. And so I remember coming back from um, Indonesia and I see my parents in the airport. I remember saying, it's totally real. Mm. That's, yes. that's all I could say. I was like, right. it's totally real. The book mm-hmm. of Acts is totally real. Like this stuff is mm-hmm. real. I mean, you've heard it. I've heard this. I've talked about for years, most right. of my life, but I'm there experiencing it. I'm like, it's totally real. And so I think that experience, those experiences, and you start right. compounding them right. and throw them into each other, it, um, yeah, it wrecked my life in a really good way. I, I love I, one of my favorite passages in first, is in First John when John said, "What we felt, what we tasted, what we touched, that's what we proclaim to you." Yeah. And what you were doing was say, "Hey, I'm going to put myself in the middle of feeling and tasting and touching the kingdom of God. I'm yeah. not going to be on the outside. I'm going to go for it." Indonesia to whatever, to spending time with Jesus, whatever it is I'm in. And then God was meeting you because of the hunger of your heart. Yeah. So, okay, so then you had that big career decision. Here we go, career decision number one of your many careers here. Yeah. So what was that next move? Yeah, so, you know, what what made the most sense for me at that time was to 
um, really invest in a season of my life, you know, after graduating from college, is to uh, do the discipleship school mm-hmm. and really devote myself to learning how to disciple people. Mm. And so it was something that um, I remember that year at World Mandate. Guys, it's because you remember it's an encounter. I oh, can't go back to it, but there, it is. there was a guy that was from Belize that yes, spoke at Scott, World Mandate, yeah. and he talked about being spiritual mothers and fathers. Mm. And that was when you saw the big ogre jumping in the front. Mm-hmm. Like God was doing something in my heart at that World mm-hmm. Mandate for being learning how to become a spiritual mm-hmm. father, mm-hmm. and. I had, you know, kind of stumbled along trying to disciple people my, that right. senior year in right. college. But I, you know, um, we had that thought of like, okay, what if we really devoted ourselves to investing in other people? Right. So graduated from college, moved into, you know, kind of the poor area of Waco yes. with uh, 10 other guys. And so we're going to live life on life and we're going to just do what we did in Indonesia mm-hmm. and see what God does. And you know, the, the fruit of it from that time is some of our church plant leaders came out of that house and mm-hmm. we ended up building a section of life groups. And uh, really it's what then, you know, sent me to go and uh, uh, be on the team to go plant the church in Chicago. Right. Okay. So here, here you go. There's all these things going on. You've got this desire to disciple make make disciples and you and a group of friends just said hey let's go plant a church yeah so all right what were the upsides and downsides of that that next season yeah so um so obviously the upside was um we were we were just kind of hedging on the relational deal i mean we were thinking these are relationships we've done in Asia, we've done in waco let's just go roll it again and do it in wheaton Mm -hmm. and so the thing that was so rich was the relationships like These are people that we'd live life with, and um, you know it was just awesome. The downside is none of us knew what we were doing. It's <laughs> <laughs> only so, been my downside. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, you know, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd really only been a believer for a few years, right? And yeah. now I'm, um, you know, we're trying to lead a church in a very, um, you know, I would say, you know, Christian educated environment. Right. The and so. But, you know, I look back on it, I'm like, those were great day. I mean, uh, we learned a absolutely. ton. Um, you know, I've kind of had to get over that making mistakes is a bad thing because I made millions sure. of them, and that's how you learn. And, and so, let me pause, let me talk, pause a second. So, so, so many times we're all wanting a perfect trajectory, right, yeah. to get to where God has us. But I think, I think I'm with you. I look back, and, and the only thing that failures uh, – Failures are meant as a part of the process to learn, but if we despise failure, we don't learn. So just pause for a minute. As you look back, what was, tell us again about that. Were failures good thing in retrospect? How'd that affect you? I mean, it's this the reality of um, uh, it's, it's just how we learn. And, right. yeah. you know, I was thinking about the scripture in Proverbs where it talks about, you know, the oxen. Right. And I think, you know, obviously physically I probably look like one, but... Um, just life-wise, right. I'm like that. And my life has mess and sure. mistakes and disappointments and things where I've got to, all right, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Okay, what do I – and there's something in that that is where the life lessons are, are learned. Yeah. And I've – you know, I think Libby and I have had to learn in our marriage. Obviously, I learn all the time as a dad. Yeah. Um, and as a, as a business guy, I mean, that's mm-hmm. – that is what, you know, when you're looking at – 
financial sheet that's not looking like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And you have to begin asking the questions, okay, what is it? What, how did we get here? Yeah. And if you're not, if you're not comfortable with failure or not comfortable with changing consistently, you're going to plateau. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what life gets so, that, so the positive side is God teaches us through our failures if we're willing to be taught. Yeah. If we're willing to learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we got, we got Chicago, Launch Church Plant, and then of course we we've always been about reaching the nations. Mm-hmm. And you guys said, "Hey, we're going to be the first people launched out of this church to the nations, India." Now we could talk for hours about that, but just wow. kind of why'd you go? What was your intent? And what changed while you were there? Yeah, so you know, there, there's kind of as you, even as we're talking about, like there's just there's multiple things moving at the yes, same time. Sure. Um, you know, so one, you know, our whole commitment when we went to Chicago was this, the goal of the church was to be a church planning church. Right. And so in some ways we feel like we had to put our money where our mouth was of like, yeah. all right, if we're asking these people to go, I'll go. Yeah. And go. so yeah. Um, I think one, I think that it came from that. Two, God was began doing a thing in me that has really kind of been an anchor point for you know, the last 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, it's the whole John 1, the Word became flesh, the incarnational right. deal. Right. And so I'm having this time where I'm praying in my living room, and I had my old house in Wheaton it had this big window in the front. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there praying, and I'm seeing a guy. It's like a Monday morning, and a guy, you know, kisses his wife. He's getting into his car, puts his suitcase in the back seat. And I point at the guy, and I'm like, Lord, I want to reach that guy. How do I reach that guy? Wow. You know, just that common guy who probably didn't think he's that important. Like, how do I reach that guy? And immediately the Lord speaks to me and says, Chris, if you want to reach him, you have to become him. Mm. And he said, you know, just Chris, my plan has always been incarnational. Mm. That's the wow. number one mission strategy is the incarnation. Right. And so it began a trajectory for me of if I want to reach business people, I need to be a business person. Right. Yeah. And so as we um, as we went to India, you know, the idea of like, okay, can we do, uh, how will this incarnational ministry need to look here? Right. Um, can we do, can we run a business that can sustain our needs and take care right. of us? Um, and what's our... Yeah, how, how do you actually and, doing and, and, in the midst and, of it? We had so many conversations at times. So, hey, we're disciple makers, period. Yeah. We're evangelists. Uh, at that time, y'all were seeing power of God, signs and wonders. We care for the poor. And I'm yeah. called to this business community. So quite a quite a journey yeah. in that in that mix. But I want to say this, you know, uh, to you, and I, I know I've said it publicly before, but I want to say it personally. You transform people's lives, man. The, mm-hmm. the people that were on your team, the people that you believed in and you carried through. Mm-hmm. I know that that is a bittersweet season because all that learning was probably the toughest time in your life. Mm-hmm. But the investment that you and Libby made in the people that were on that team, these guys are flourishing today. Mm-hmm. They grew up. They That fathering thing worked even in the midst of the imperfection of trying to get all these circles to kind of yeah. rotate uh, together. Yeah. So thanks, bro. You were you were incredibly fruitful in the in the, in the kingdom. People were blessed. Today, the fruit still remains. Mm. You know, and but but in the midst of that, obviously, it was a struggle. Yeah. And just for today, we're gonna we'll kind of wrap up this part, and we'll pick it back up uh, tomorrow or next couple of days. Um, but just for today, what, what were some of those lessons from India? Kind of, hey, this is what God brought us to do, and this was a, a lesson that we learned along the way. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, as I as I uh, started, you know, trying to work through this. Okay, how do we do incarnational ministry? What I honestly got posed with, bro, was my own dualism. Mm. You know, and I realized I I had cre- I'm creating two worlds. And God's plan was to unite those worlds. Yeah. Where the reality is this, we're always disciple making. Right. Whether we think we are or not. Exactly. We're either discipling people into Jesus or we're discipling people into the world. Or, yes, right. But like we're discipling people because people are looking at our lives and mm. they're observing how we mm. handle interactions and challenges and, mm. and hardships and realizing that those actually are the key catalytic moments of mm. disciple making was an was the aha when we're in India and we realized most people are asking us about our parenting wow. more than about how to do ministry or how to run a business or any of these things that I would want to them sure. to do. They're asking me these because there's something they began peering into and looking at that when we were being watched and we didn't realize we were being mm. watched, that actually was the thing that was Huge. wanting to influence people. So I think that's the reality is people are actually watching our unintentional Mm. Um, times. Wow. So, okay. So you realize that, and then I know just, and you've shared this before, but you realize, okay, so this is a big deal, right? How I live my life, who I am and everything else. Yeah. And you kind of hit some walls there. Yeah. Trying to do it all kind of hit some walls. G- give us one or two of those walls you hit and where you found God on the other side of it. Yeah. So the, um, the idea of I'm going to have this big church planning organization happening over here. I'm going to run this really great business over here. Then I'm going to have this great merit over here. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's like three or four balls that I try to start getting going in the air. And I realized I only had capacity for probably two of them. Wow. And so they're in an adverse culture in an adverse. that you're not used to, right? Yes. In, in a very unique culture. Right? And so, um, you know, what, what happened to me is I just ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. And I began realizing I... Um, you know, just honestly, in full transparency, uh, I had priorities that were out of whack, mm-hmm. you know, just from a family perspective that mm-hmm. needed to get realigned mm-hmm. that actually were at the centerpiece of mission um, that needed to get realigned. I had stuff work-wise that I was chasing that I needed to put to bed and move on. Right. You know, there's just, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da of things right. during that season. Sure. Um, but, you know, the thing that was so gracious, you know, even as we transition back to is, the th- the th- here's what's great about God encounters. Um, they stick. Yes. Like they stick. Like mm-hmm. um, like I still, when I talk about world mandate, when that guy's talking about spiritual, I feel it. Yeah. I feel yeah, it right yeah, now. You can still, yeah. I can feel it. I can feel that hotel in Colorado. I can feel it today. Mm. And so in the midst of whether my unfaithfulness or my uh, mistakes or whatever you want to call them, the sticky encounters of God have never mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. And so those things have continued to pull me back into, um, you know, where we are. And yeah. where I am today, I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing today. <laughs> um, but that's just because God is who he is. Awesome. Yeah, so, so you know, I'm exactly the same way, right? We've talked, just you and I have been talking today about all kinds of stuff. And I these God moments, right, where the presence of God or 
you know it's the voice of God or something happens that's unique. Nobody can ever take that from you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, people can talk all they want, but they can't take my God encounters because they're so real, so tangible. Mm-hmm. And they stick with you for a lifetime. They're markers, right, along the way. And when you do, when you kind of lose your way, you go back to those markers and say, yeah, but God spoke. But I, yep. I don't know about today, but I know he spoke, you know, in a hotel room. I know he met me here or there. Just, I was even, I was, you know, two days ago, I'm, I'm waking up, spending time with the Lord. And the Lord says to me, he says, Chris, I just want you to know I am so excited about you as an investment person. Mm. And I want you to know I'm more excited about investing than you are. Mm. Wow. I, I, it's such a small, simple thing, but it did so such a simple sure. thing that I'm like, nobody can ever take that from me. Right. Yeah. Because God is excited about what I'm doing. Whoa. And God is excited about this this investing world and mm. the incarnation taking place in that. Wow. And so, you know, there's... You know, the thing, um, you know, if, if I could encourage anybody who's listening sure. to this, go get a God encounter. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Go give a God encounter and go give someone one because Whoa. it will stick for the yes. rest of your life and the rest of their life. Awesome. Okay, well, we're going to get some more God encounters uh, yeah. from our time together. So we'll wrap up today. But um, let me just say again, uh, you know, just as a brother and a friend, thanks, man. Yeah, bro. Thanks for loving Jesus. Thanks for loving me. Yes. (laughs) Through my own junk as well. And uh, it's just just a joy to be in it together. And uh, and we'll pick up the conversation and continue to say, hey, God, uh, and and communicate out, hey, what has God done in our lives and how how do we do the same? Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.